Welcome to the Knock on Archery podcast, where we bring all archers and bow hunters together from all walks of life with the goal to educate, empower, and inspire you to be better both in the field and on the range. What? Just some of the facial expressions you make. Like, I've looked at them for so long, but they're still just, like, there's new ones every day. <laughs> That's what's cool about your face. <laughs> you can change it in many different directions. So, yeah, it's been awesome. Hold on, let me crack a cold one. Oh, Steve Austin style. Not really. Don't worry, people listening, thinking that I go too far when I drink. I haven't drank for 25 days. Except Kill Cliffs. Yes. <laughs> Coffee. <laughs> yep, that's the thing. I'm going to put these on, see if I can see. But yeah, I can. So, yeah, my my close vision is officially petered out. So yeah. now I need, well, like 1.25s. Cheaters or readers? Yeah, I don't know if, I mean, I would say they're readers. I don't think they're full cheaters yet. Mm -hmm. Is there like a a threshold? I was about to say, what's the number that becomes from a, from a reader to a cheater? I would say 1.75. Oh, that's a specific number. Yeah, because there's like... 1.0s to 3.0s on racks when you're looking at glasses and in the grocery store line. <laughs> so I would think once you pass 1.75, you're in a cheater. Right now, I'm just in a reader. My dad told me, he, you know, because he has to wear readers or cheaters now. And he's like, you're going to have to wear them one day. So what was your age? When did you first have to start putting them on? 45, dude. 45. Yeah. Well, let's see. I'm 45 now. I've been 44 because... I, I, it was right after Texas Tech. I freaking drove up to Austin. And when I was up in Austin, um, I went and saw Rogan. And I also saw uh, Dr. Tia. So I was staying right at uh, Peter's house, which is actually real close to Joe's. And uh, Joe came early in the morning. And I remember coming out, and when I powered my phone up, I was looking at my phone like I thought, you know how when you open your camera and sometimes mm -hmm. the camera's like wigging out and it's just all out of focus? Like that's yeah. that's what my home screen kind of looked like. Yeah. So I powered it down, then I powered it back up, and then it was like that. And I, I like, I go, hey, is this, like, is this blurry to you guys? And then... They, they kind of looked at me, and I think either Joe or Peter took his cheaters off and said, put these on, and I go, oh, my God. <laughs> like, I had no idea. It was overnight. I think it was overnight because here's the thing. Right now, I can't read my site if I'm, like, looking at it close. I mean, if it's 20, 30, 40, 50, like if I can see those big thick lines and yeah. I can, I know that it says 20, 30, 40, 50. So I kind of just figure out the in between. But if you said put it on 47, I would struggle to like know exactly. But as soon as I put them on, it was almost like I didn't even know what vision was wow. because it was that much better. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's just mile different. So cool. And you, need to to see, again. you need to see me across this table. Exactly. You, anything past you, these wouldn't work at all. Oh, it, really? It's worse. Like if I, like the, the Nakong canvas, Yeah. he's out of focus. So I've got to pull him down. Then he's good. 
And you're like, you're actually pretty good too, but like your mic is where it's not as good. And then I do that and I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what have you been doing this winter? Caleb um, from Copeland Creative. People. Yeah. Um, I, this winter, what have we been doing? Um, really getting ready for the spring. We're about to try and hit spring in the mouth and, we did some classes. We had an editing class and then um, doing some edits. It kind of been sitting by the wayside for uh, a long time, but really getting excited for one of my favorite seasons, turkey season. I think we talked about that last time I was here. Yeah. So, yeah, it's... Uh, still hasn't changed. He still hasn't changed. thinks turkeys are the coolest thing. Not the coolest thing. Elk is still the coolest thing, but uh, turkeys are r- really close behind them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't have Iowa or Iowa whitetails to chase. We have turkeys, and we can, and I people know, don't care about those like they do deer. Turns out, so yeah. you can go and knock on doors and still get permission to do it. It's it's always interesting to me that there's people that are just straight up fanatics about like fly fishing, like just and water that, waterfowling. Like, yeah, and I was and, gonna yeah. say then waterfowl, yeah. then turkey squad comes in right there with just going head first. Yeah, I don't understand the the I mean, I understand why people would enjoy fishing, just doesn't do anything for me. And waterfowling, like, you know, I'll go. I'm not gonna fight you for it. But it's elk, turkeys other big game and then white tails for me. And then everything else is just like, eh. What's something we hunt where you really could care less if we like it is something just like I thought whatever. it was I thought it was gonna be antelope. I did. And I didn't I like the first I had never I had filmed one up before I started going with you out west to South Dakota, Montana. And then I thought about it like, you know, it's it's like a it's a stupid goat and like you can see them all over the place, but like they are not easy to hunt. And I think the reason I enjoy them the most, I, it's probably because I'm sitting with you and there's never a dull moment, you know? <laughs> well, there, I guess I was going to say when I'm asleep, but actually <laughs> when, when the last time I fell asleep, you loved every second. Oh yeah. Of- well, it's, it's just, I mean, we did, I don't remember how many hours, like 40 something hours before you ever had a goat and bow range this last year, but that was rough. Yeah. But up until then, we've had some pretty good success with a spot and stock and running around getting them to come to water holes. And they've kind of acted right up until this year, yeah. which we caught the monsoon rains why it killed us this year but i always thought antelope was like ah, it never really interested me at all until i started like really hunting them with you and like seeing their habits and kind of how they act and then yeah. filming them and how cool they are on the ground yeah. and i'm like all right this is pretty cool yeah but nothing really like that i don't enjoy like everything we chase is always you know usually we're getting to chase them you know i've not really done i don't think i actually have ever done a whitetail hunt with you Everything we've ever done has been Western. I've never done a whitetail hunt. Well, we haven't done a Midwest whitetail. Oh, I did the one in Oklahoma. Okay. I did just for a couple of days when we were, yeah, this was a long time ago. It's like 18 or 19. But yeah, I sat with you just a couple of days in Oklahoma for whitetails. We didn't kill anything. We didn't really see anything. Um, But other than that, everything's been BC, Alberta, Montana, Utah, Colorado. It's been everything out West. Oh, yeah, I've never done. I've never hunted whitetails with you in Iowa. You've tried to get me to come a couple times, but <laughs> I don't think I can I don't, take it, bro. I don't know if I could take it. The, the all day sits that you do, dude. Like I've done that enough to know that I don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> you know. Well, I wouldn't like 
give you just a terrible stand to sit on because <laughs> that's the thing with most camera oh, yeah. guys they dude. get the biggest piece of shit dude. stand that you can buy at but any the, store but here's the worst part is that you look down you see the cadillac the guy you're filming sitting in and then you got the 25 dollar walmart stand <laughs> that you're like and they're like quit moving quit you know be still and it's like dude you gave me a freaking notebook pad to sit down <laughs> yeah. on you know so it's yeah but that's i've I used to give Chuck so much crap for that, you know, because he'd be sitting in some like big old like, you know, could you know, lazy boy in the tree, and then mine's you know, it's like oh, I'll just throw one up there, he'll figure it out, and you know, I'll just take a picture and like show a video, and, like this is what I got to sit in, <laughs> this is what he's sitting in, you know, but yeah, that that always happens. What you're sitting in is pretty much every Iowa stand I ever sat in up until the point where I moved here and actually put my own sets out. Because when I would go, when I'd like draw and, and like Earl or another landowner would like tell me where to go. Yeah. I'd get in the, in the stand and I'd be like, okay, now I know why they sit an hour a day. Yeah. Well, see, and that's how I was too growing up, you know, because we couldn't afford to go buy a nice stand. Like it was like, you know, you wait until after the Christmas sales at Walmart and they had those like. Well, those stand those lock-ons that are like literally 25 bucks or 40 bucks and yeah. it's like okay we can buy two or three of those the black friday farm and yeah fleet. and like <laughs> and you're like risking your life every time you're getting in it when they're brand new much less when they've been in the tree for a year but um that's all we could afford so i mean but you're also when you're you know 14 to 20 years old you can sit in that crap and it doesn't affect you and then i started filming for a living and it was one of those things to where I like found out what a good stand was and I'm like, I'm not sitting in that crap anymore. And, uh, luckily now with most people I get to go with, it still happens occasionally. I usually get a pretty good stand, but most of the time they're, uh, at least as good as the ones that the guy I'm filming sitting in. So it makes it nice. I'm trying to, uh, gosh, I know that I know the guy that we hunt with in Montana's got some pretty sketch ones. We've seen walking oh, around. Dude. What do you mean? Seen? I've <laughs> sat in them, dude. <laughs> like the, there's several stands that are made from, um, tractor, his seats. old tractor seats. Yeah. That, you know, they, oh, yeah. he literally like cut the spring off where it used to be on the thing yeah. and then welded that to a, to a platform. So you're like, on a metal thing that's yeah. like got the give and the bounce. But dude, you want to talk about freezing your nuts yeah. off? You sit in a metal tractor seat at 20 degrees and I mean, you're done. Yeah. Yeah. You're only sitting. I don't care how comfortable you are. If you get that cold, you're not sitting for very long. I was trying to find a picture for you that I found the other day. And it was, uh, it was, I found a picture of me and my cousin standing down beneath the stands that well I posted that picture on Instagram of me and my cousin with the deer, the first time I got scoped oh yeah I did so I remember that and one. uh yeah I mean I remember pulling the trigger and I remember we went three two and then like the next thing I remember was him like going are you okay <laughs> Cause it just, that freaking, you know, I just put my eye right up to the freaking scope and just scope myself, just knock myself See, out. Well, that's, but that's a, that's not a pro level move because when you do the three, two, one, you always shoot on two, <laughs> you know, and never wait for your buddy to get all the way to one. You just always go three, two, boom. I know, but, and I know with Andy, you better do that. Yeah. You know, cause he, he, 
he will shoot first every time. Mm-hmm. If, if if someone's shooting it, if there's multiple launches, he's definitely yeah. wanting to see his hit for sure. Uh, but behind us at that, um, in that picture that I have a daylight one and you can see the two stands that we sat in, but, and they were like both like home, one was like a homemade welded one. And then the other one was, uh, I don't think my grandpa could get it into the tree the way that it should go. So he built the stand behind the tree. So you climb up this ladder you know, was home, it ladder or actual nails? Homemade ladder. Oh, it was a homemade yeah, it was ladder. A homemade ladder. You climb up it, and then, like when you get up there, there's like there's a tree just right in front of you. Mm-hmm. So he like on the outside edges of the platform, he had two by fours that were nailed to that. So it was kind of like a goalpost. And then he just took rope and tied rope around there, so you could had like you just had this old, and it was the rope that. Um, it's supposed to be like material rope, but when you grab it, it feels like you're grabbing like a rose stem. <laughs> like, have you ever had that yeah. rope that's like yeah. so spiky? Yeah. It's like, why didn't they throw this out or burn it mm-hmm. like 20 years ago? Yeah. That's what he found in the barn to put up. So every time you like went to mount your gun on that, it would, like those barbs would be jabbing you. Yeah. But uh, you had to straddle the tree and hang your feet off the platform is so you were like on the tree like straddling it around your legs so there's no shooting except for like right in front of you well there's no like you're not leaning you lean forward onto the tree and you could hang your arms on that little freaking rope yeah and that's how you sat and then when it was time you like kind of mounted up so when i mounted up and put my eye to the scope As soon as I pulled it, I mean, there's nothing behind me but a ladder going 15 feet to the ground. So evidently my feet like flipped over the freaking thing and never like caught the Oh, you fell out of the tree. Yeah, I went backwards, dude. Oh, God, dude. (laughs) Yep. That is my worst nightmare is falling backwards out of a tree because I almost did that in Oklahoma with Chuck actually. And it was caught myself on a limb. Now was before I started using lifelines, and now like I don't want to get in a tree without a lifeline. Now, yeah, I yeah. don't want you to either. Yeah, <laughs> golly, sketchy. I was always a guy that's like, yeah, I'll never be the one that falls out. And it's like, Dude, no, my buddy, my buddy Marty broke his back um, from the last from the first step, but he was coming down. Mm-hmm. He's he's like he's a little bit bigger than you. But he was coming down, and he was on the last freaking rapid rail. So he's literally four feet off the ground, and he and the and he stepped on the side of it, and it kicked out. So he just he fell like kind of onto his back, but a little bit sideways, and freaking broke a vertebrae, broke his back, like from four feet, yeah, from a four foot fall. Hurts to think about, but yeah, it's. I know, I know several people that have, you know, almost like life ending, much less career ending, you know, stuff falling out of a tree, just wear your freaking safety harness and use a lifeline. Like, don't be stupid. It costs 20, 30 bucks. Like, have, have I ever seen you wipe out? Like for some reason, I feel like I have. <laughs> I don't remember. Have you seen? Because I kind of feel like it would I happen. have wiped out on elk hunts before. I'm usually behind you. I did wipe out in Colorado, but that was like trying to climb up that rock face and I hit my knee 
and I was trying to be quiet and it wasn't, you know, you didn't look back at me to see if I was okay. You're like, shut up. Why? There's elk up here. You know, it wasn't any concern. It was like, there's elk. Be quiet. I know. Dude, there is not a louder walking human than you. I really do. You and John Paul Morris have, have, you know, give me crap about that. Yeah. JP, you feel my pain. Yeah. I've like, I try to walk as loud as you. And I cannot do it. <laughs> like, dude, I literally walk like a four-year-old, like having a tantrum. And it's still not as loud as you. And I'm in my own tracks. I think it's, I think it's always louder the person behind you for some reason. I've noticed that when I'm walking too. It sounds like the person behind me is way dude, louder I've than me. I've had you go first in hopes that that was true. But it was <laughs> just as loud from the back. <laughs> Oh, all right. Well, I'm going to continue to work on that. But yeah, and you I have dinky feet too, dude. Yeah, I don't, I don't have get big it. feet. I don't know either. I've done, it's not, I'm not doing anything different. I'm surprised you don't wipe out more because your feet are too small for your body. <laughs> feet aren't too small for my body. <laughs> what size normal, are you? I'm an 11. Yeah, that is normal, dude. But you're, it's you're, a normal but size you're foot. Six four at least. Six six three ish. Okay, six three. You're you're oversized. Two seventy five ish. <laughs> 290? I don't know. I haven't checked in a long time. I don't want to know. <laughs> Dude, you might be three bills. No, no way. I, well, I was I was 252, and I just thought that was that's too much. So that's why, I, you know. I, You're nine feet tall. <laughs> You're, I, I'll never forget the first time I met you. I'm like, holy crap. Because usually I'm, I'm taller than everybody, or you know, at least as tall. Yeah. And you, like, when I film you, I got stem on my tippy toes, and like it gets like trying to hold my camera up like this the whole time. And then you talk for 14 hours, <laughs> and then my shoulders <laughs> giving out, and you're finally like, after three videos, you're like, do you need a break? I'm like, yes, I do, please. <laughs> my shoulders falling off. Imagine Sharon when she oh. filmed me for the first four seasons of the show. You just have to keep your nose hairs clean to make sure. Well, that's why. I, no, I didn't have to because I was always solid black. <laughs> because <laughs> she, because as soon as the camera grabbed the sky, yeah, it, you know, it just freaking reset and <laughs> and I'm just like blown out dark. Yeah, and it's just all background light, just voiceover. Just the, it's like a the, <laughs> pretty much. It's like a um those old crime documentaries where they black out the. Face. She would turn the screen down and she'd hold the camera up over her head and then just like look up at the screen and film down. God bless her, man. She is such a better human being than I am. The only time I was really like in good color and when I was in focus is when she was above me in a tree stand. Yeah, looking down. Yeah. But it was actually pretty nice because normally I'll put the camera person's base level with my butt. You know, when I'm sitting, mm -hmm. their base will be here. Well, Sharon's so small that like her head sitting down is literally like You're like having a parrot on your shoulder. <laughs> so it was kind of cool. I could just turn my head and she's just right like right there. Yeah, she's a t takes a much less footprint in a tree stand than a, I would too with a camera on another. Sharon took a freaking long journey off a off a tree from a peg, oh yeah I from a peg that broke. I mean, she fell 20 foot onto her back and I do not, I still like, I think if it hadn't rained overnight where the forest floor was all just saturated mm -hmm. and like mossy and pine needles, but like when she hit, she hit straight on her back and I like, and before I could say, oh my God, don't move. She like sat up 
And as soon as she sat up, when she fell down, our camera was on a, on a bowline. So when she fell, she freaking hit the camera right before she landed. So the camera swung way out like this. And then she sits like, before I can say it, she sits up and that, that old GL2 just freaking just cold cocks her right oh, in the set of the Oh, God, man. I know. And, and that thing was a brick. I know. And I'm like, I'm like, don't move. Was this in Iowa? Where was this at? It was in, uh, it was in Alberta. Oh. Yeah, it was in Alberta. And so, and when I climbed up. Were you I, in the tree or were you on the ground when it happened? I was in the tree. Oh. Dude, I went up first and I got up there and as I was on that last step, it like kind of just came, it like, you know. Screwing stuff? Yeah. Oh, it, sketchy. It slipped and I, and, and I was like, I'm always like four points of contact, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm, and normally when I reach up and I'm holding, I hold with my palm facing me. Cause I can like, I can do pull-ups better like this than mm-hmm. like that. So I've kind of like got my right arm like this and I'm like kind of really holding tight. And I grabbed that last one and it shook out. And then I told her, I'm like, Hey, and I, I and I kind of like wiggled it and I'm like, this one's slip, it's slipping. I said, so yeah. don't put a lot of weight on it. And I got in the tree, I put my tether on then I put Sharon's tether on and she's literally like coming up the tree and I'm bending down and I grabbed her you know pretty much her safety belt strap yeah and and I just she was like on that last step like kind of coming and so I re I had her her strap right here in my hand and I, I reached up and grabbed the carabiner and I'm watching the carabiner. Like my eyes are like going towards her loop. And as I can see the loop in my other hand, I just see it go. And, you know, and I was like, my brain was going, oh my gosh, she's falling. And then by the time I turn around, she's, she's, just, she's just like five feet off the ground by then. Just like looking up at me, like swimming upside down. And like my I was just sitting there like the worst of the worst oh, was flashing God, in my brain and she imagine. freaking hit. And I'm just like, Oh my God. Cause this was like two years into, you know, her leaving everything in England to move to America. And yeah. I've got her in a bear tree. God, <laughs> she freaking, and then, and then she like lands and I can, I can see that camera got hit. And then it's coming back and I'm like, stay wham. God. Right when she sat up, freaking cold cocked her. And then like a trooper, she's just she's just like, I'm okay. And I'm like, stay there, stay I, there. So like it didn't really hurt her much or at all, or no, what happened? No, she climbed dude. back up and we killed a bear that night. Holy yeah. crap, dude. Like uh, for for those of you that have never sat in a tree stand, like that is the scariest, sketchiest thing that can happen. And like the more people get hurt in tree stand falls every year than anything. And like, where just wear your freaking harness and use a safety line from the ground to the tree because yeah. Jesus Christ, man, it can be avoided now. You know, with all the technology we have today, and you know, education, the people listening to like horror stories like that. And thank God she didn't get hurt. A buddy of mine um, that I kind of grew up with, uh, Brandon, he works for, he still works for Matthews, but we were like 
inseparable then. Mm-hmm. And uh, he he found like a bunch of our old tapes, and he was just like, dude. He was sending me. He was like sending me stuff to to open it and watch because we were filming ourselves. I mean, we were filming ourselves twenty five years ago. You know, mm-hmm. so. And, and with like, you know, betas and high eights and everything. So we have like all the, <laughs> like, I'm just a total idiot. Oh yeah. And, uh, he's like, you have to see some of these. So, and I mean, and dude, this was, bef- this was the only like shows that were out were like Primos and obviously, you know, uh, Monster, Monster Box. Like there tree, was yeah. no, there was no like road trips yet yeah. or nothing. Like it was, you had like Nightingale, you had Masters, you had Buck Masters, mm-hmm. you had Monster Bucks, mm-hmm. or you had like Primos. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. And so we're out like filming. He sent me footage of like us filming, like scouting this. He got, he got permission on a 40 acre piece. And it was like, there was one little corner where deer came out sometimes that was like 150 yards from a house. And there was like one place for a stand. So we, you know, we were filming like going up there and like scouting this out. And we're mm-hmm. like, you know, and we're kind of like, here's a big trail. Mm-hmm. You know, here's a rub from last year. And then we're like, we're going to put a stand up there. So this was when... Uh, those tree hoppers came out they had came out with the belt but they had that peg system where you kind of ran that drill they had like a they had like a drill bit and you just run that in and then you put like lineman spikes in and and you would just go up so he like did that for a few and then he had like the old fold and half screw inners Mm. and Dude, this, like, putting a stand up, I, I told him, I said, can you imagine if our, like, if our kids <laughs> freaking were that reckless? We, yeah. we were like, there was a whole tape of us putting up stands where we would put pegs in trees or climb limbs with the stands and then put a stand on and jump on the stand for the first time and like no harness. None. And I mean, and like some of these stands were nosebleed territory. Dude, yeah. Just putting up stands without a lineman's belt. I remember doing that, like never using a lineman's belt to put one up. And I was like, how did we ever do this? Like, why were we so stupid to not even, you know, not be attached to the tree at all. And you know, you're 15 feet up, you know, jumping on your, you know, jumping on your sticks to make sure it's stuck in the tree good. And you're like, I'm going to step in this stand Pray to God this isn't a you know dry rotten strap. We did the same crap. Me and my brother look at each other now, and we're like, "There's no way I would let my kids do this. This is so stupid." I have we did like cooking videos. Like I've got these cooking. We did like cooking shows. Yeah, they are so bad. (laughs) I mean, I had freaking land chops like down to my chin. It was the only thing I could grow was the sides. And uh, my hair was so like dark black, and I always just got the the. I save. I, I honestly save money to go on hunts by not cutting my hair. So I just I bought one pair of clippers one time, and I thought, you know, I can save ten bucks a month by just buzzing my hair. So I just buzz it. <laughs> I would just bu- I would just buzz it. I'd buzzed head and 
you know, that extra freaking 10 bucks a month went towards buying a pack of freaking salamanders or yeah. something, you know. Yeah, a couple something. more arrows to go on another hunt or something. Yeah, used ones. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember those days. So how's the the film schools going? They're really good, man. I, I enjoy, I mean, obviously, you know, kind of like yourself, I really love the teaching aspect of it. And mm-hmm. I think you learn as much or more when you're teaching somebody because there's there's things that come out of it. You know, when we're teaching production classes or editing classes and questions get answered or questions get asked that I didn't even think of, yeah. you know, or you, I always tell guys, like, you know, when they get there kind of for the orientation the first day, I'm like, look, I don't know what you don't know. <laughs> so if I'm doing something or saying something or clicking a button or doing something that you don't understand, you have to stop me because, you know, at this point, I mean, just like shooting a bow for you, there's so many th- nuanced things that are second nature because you've done them a million times. Mm-hmm. Same thing for editing for me. I know what are the keystrokes are. I know where the shortcuts are and I can go faster than most guys because I've done it for 10 years. Yeah. And when I bring somebody in to teach them, you know, I, you know, this last class we broke up and um, for editing, we broke up into a beginner's class, kind of an intermediate novice class and then an advanced class. Like I taught one, Clay taught one, Ryer taught one. And I taught the beginner's class and it was just like, I couldn't, I couldn't figure out how far back I needed to go. Yeah. And it was even to the point, like I had to go so far back as to, un, you know, explain how the program works on the back end and like how to get footage in folders and how to, you know, how to organize it properly. So Premiere, you know, was going to work properly. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, you know, that was, you know, that was already going to be, that wasn't even beginner. That was like day one. And, but I, you know, had to go, having to go that far back and then they start asking questions that I'm like, okay, he doesn't understand what is even happening in the program when it, you know, it, he was wanting to know essentially, does Premiere store the footage or is it essentially, is it referencing footage? And he didn't know how to answer that. And I had to explain to him, no, it's, you save your footage on a hard drive and Premiere references that footage mm-hmm. for him to, cause he wanted to understand like, how is this happening on, you know, how's your computer processing this and everything else and like how to organize it? Is that going to help? And I'm like, I didn't even think about that. I didn't think about going that far back. It was just like, kind of like today, what you were talking about, like working within that box and like not getting sloppy. And I think about myself doing that when I shoot my bow and you know, that perfect practice that you talked about today. I, I, you know, I do the same thing, but I wouldn't have thought about that until you said it. Mm -hmm. You know, I wouldn't have thought about, well, you know, when I'm carrying my bow around the, you know, the 3d range, you know, if I'm doing these things, I'm probably wearing myself out by the end of the day. If I'm not thinking about it, same thing when you're editing time is, you know, being efficient in time and knowing your shortcuts, all these things, if you don't do them, you know, that three hour edit is going to take you a day to do. But if you know these shortcuts, you know, these things, you know how to be efficient. It makes you that much faster and you can be more creative because if it takes you three hours to do it, you can take an extra hour to add some value to it somehow, or you can take more time to shoot in the field versus editing. It's all the same thing, but I enjoy the teaching aspect of it. I, I mean, honestly, as much or more than I enjoy doing it now because I see guys like that light switch come on or that mm-hmm. thing, you know, you show them the one thing and they're like, you know, I didn't think about that and that makes total sense or I've seen that done, but I didn't know how you did it, yep. you know, and, and then they find out it's not nearly as hard as I thought it was. Um, because I, you know, that's the first thing I tell guys, I'm like, if my, my redneck butt from Georgia can do this, anybody can, it's just like anything else. It takes time and putting in the work, you know, anybody can be a, you know, a, you know, a producer, an editor, they might not be, you know, Steven Spielberg, 
you know, but they're going to be solid at it. You know, they can be a good archer, but they just have to put in the work. It's all about, you know, consistency and putting in the work and trying to push yourself to do something better. The one question that stumped me the most in the last year, um, stumped, stumped me the most <laughs> was, uh, I was here and Andy was here and, and Leah was taking a ton of notes. And then she, like, she goes, can you tell me how to knock an arrow? <laughs> and I was like, what, what <laughs> she's like, She's like, I feel really unorthodox when I'm knocking my arrow. Like, how do you knock it properly your way? And I was just like, uh, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I was like, I did it wrong because all of a sudden I had to like think about this thing. And I'm like, well, I think I put it on the inside of my cables and then grab it with my left hand. (laughs) And then I'm just like, what? And then I go, I don't know. Let's just shoot for a while. And then. After, like, I let it wear off, I just go, Leah, like this. <laughs> and I'm like, that's how I do it. Yeah. But it was funny because, like, I hadn't, I've gone back. Yeah. Like, I, I coach enough beginners to where I feel like I go back. But, like, I had never, like, time warped, like, to pre-archery. But, dude, you go to a freaking 3D range, like some of those church shoots back home, and you see those guys loading their arrows and they turn their bow to the side and they just, they like fight it, trying to find it right there on the D-loop and they'll <laughs> pop it in there and lay it on the bow. It takes yep. them five minutes to load their bow and you're like, come on, dude. Like, I mean. We but, filmed two things a day that could have helped those oh, guys. Oh yeah, but it, but it's exactly what you said. Yeah, I would have never thought about how to more efficiently work through that, you know, that box and like trying to work within my space and, you know, being efficient. You know, you shoot a 20 target you know, thing like at the tack, you better be efficient because you're going to be hiking up and down hills and everything else, carrying your bow the whole time. So, I mean, every little bit helps. <laughs> it does. What was uh, your best, what was your best memory from last year? Finally killing that freaking bull in Colorado, man. I was starting to think that we weren't going to, as close as we got and as many times that we had been so close and hiking up that freaking mountain. And I'm sitting here thinking, if we do not kill this bull, or able, like at that point, I didn't even care if it was the one we had been chasing. I'm like, yeah. let's just, just somebody screw up and run by <laughs> us. But like, I was, I was going to be so disappointed because we had worked our butts off on that hunt. And I'm like, we have to lay hands on something before we leave here. And like when we, when that freaking bull came in and you would, and I don't know if we ever talked about this on, on that camera, hunt, that hunt will probably, it'll probably be, be, be out right after this podcast. Well, something happened. I don't even know if I ever told you this, but like right when we got up to that bull and we saw him and you saw him and you were going to go up to kill, like it, you were so like zoned in, like you didn't, I don't even think you wanted me to come. Like you were like, <laughs> stay right there. You're not screwing this it. up. Yeah. Like we're killing this bull. I don't care whether you get it or not. Like I could see that in your yeah. eyes. Like you told me all that with just the one look like stay there. And I thought to myself, I'm like, as soon as he turns around, I'm going up there to get this kill shot. Cause I'm not, not going to get it after all this. So you literally got to your spot. I could see the, the butt of that elk and I could see you getting in position and waiting for the shot. So I'm like, I can take two steps and get this shot done. <laughs> like if I blow this elk out, so be it. I'm going to, I'm going for this. Got up there and luckily, you know, when he whirled, he laid, you know, stopped in that one spot. I, I can't get believe it. he stopped. And honestly, Dude, I can't believe he stopped either. I thought we were done when he whirled. I thought I was like, he's leaving and we're going to have to chase this stupid thing again. Did I see, did we see him when we were taking a stop to take a leak? 
No, we saw him. We came down that that long, like, I don't know, like, I don't even know what it was coming down towards that creek forever. And we had kept chasing but him. But we saw him 200 yards away. We, is that the one we heard, though? I don't we even know. We heard him, and we knew we were, because we were coming down, and we're like, he's got to be here somewhere. And he finally let off, you know, a couple hundred yards away. Yep. And then we walked, I don't know, it was another, I don't know, 100 or so yards. We probably saw him 100, 150 yards out. But I yeah, think I you, like I, I think was, you just saw tips or something. And no, then, I saw his butt. Did you see his butt? Yeah, and it was when I was looking way down yeah. through that canopy, and I'm like, "There's his ass." I didn't see him until probably and then forty five seconds before you shot him. Yeah, once I once I knew he was there, and remember we kept going down, going down, and then we hit that last bench, and I kind of like. I'm like, he's right here. And I, yeah. I looked back at, at um, our guide and he kind of gave me the shrug, like, yeah. is he gone? And I'm, and I'm kind of like pointing, like he is right here. And then all of a sudden I seen the tines and I'm like, there he is. And then we kind of had to, I was a little bit cautious cause I didn't know he was by himself. I yeah. figured he would have had a bunch of ladies down yeah. in there. See, bedded. I made that mistake my first elk hunt. I got on a bull. By I thought was by himself, but I didn't even think about cows. <laughs> and he was kind of doing the same thing. He was it was early season. He's off feeding. Um, he was feeding away from me, and I'm like, oh, dude, I'm like 150 yards. I'm like, I gotta cover ground, so I get to like 98 and uh, go to step out from behind the cedar bush to get to my, you know, to get you know 40 more yards. And as soon as I step out, there's a cow staring at me. And I'm like, oh, I never even thought about. I was just zoned. Mm. I never thought about cows. That was how I screwed up my first elk hunt. Yeah, and you know you're busted with a cow, yeah. too, because their eyes are freaking so big around. Yeah. Their nostrils are already flared out, and they're yeah. just like. Oh, she was 80 yards just, like, staring a hole in my soul. And I'm <laughs> Dude, like. Because she had been hearing you come for 500. <laughs> <laughs> she, the only reason she stayed was oh. she was like, this might actually be Bigfoot. <laughs> Freaking sass. I'm going to see the, I'm going to see sass for for such loud feet. We've still gotten it done quite a few times. Yeah. Yeah. No, (laughs) Hey, despite my, my loud feet, no question, but (laughs) I wouldn't be blind or have gray hair. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, to be honest though, the first couple of times we went, like you were starting to second guess this whole thing. You were like, all right, I don't know if this guy's going to work it out or not. Yeah. I was a (laughs) hundred percent like, dude, the first, I'll never, I can tell you the first hunt that I did with you in Montana. I'll never forget it. We've, we had spotted a mule deer. He was still in velvet and uh, it was in like one of those big open meadows. And like, he was in like this little like swag in the ground. And we were, you're like, we're going to, you know, we're going to try and sneak up and get a shot. So I'm right behind you. And like, I take three steps and you turn around and you're like, stay right behind me. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> Roger. So I stay right behind you. And then it was like three more steps. And you're like, you've got to be quiet. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, Roger. And we get up there about where we think the, the, the mule deer is. And it was like four or five things of literally take three steps. And like, by the end, you weren't even talking. You were just looking at me. It's like, dude, I mean, dude, it sounds like, dude, I, it sounds like I, but I, someone I, is pulling grass no, out of the ground by hand and I throwing rocks being down as quiet as I could possibly <laughs> be. And like, and then we, and then we, and then that like mule deer, like he wasn't there when we got there. I don't know what happened. We still, I still don't have what happened to him, but, um, he just, and there was nowhere for him to go. He just vanished. 
But uh, I just remember that vividly the first time I ever went with you. It was like, you know what? This might be my last trip with him. <laughs> he might not invite me back. <laughs> but we ended up getting it done quite a few times, and we've had some We've had some good times, some good laughs. You know what's helped me, like with my tolerance, um, not not for sound, like <laughs> you know, just in life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've had I've had some hunts where I've like double punched the record button, or oh, ju- yeah. or just like knock on wood, or just board. or just forgot, like. Not, I mean, just like did the whole thing and never even thought about hitting the button <laughs> and just like following through and like going back and then just like the whole thing's being said. And then I hit the button to stop and it's like red and I'm like, oh, <laughs> I've done that. Rule so number many. one, make sure the red light's on. <laughs> yeah, I've done that so many times to where when someone does that, which it just happened uh, when did that happen? That happened with me, knock on wood. No, so it happened with someone this past year, and I just said, eh, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, it was my big, that big 12-point, te- my Texas deer. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I had a buddy of mine, and dude, we saw that buck, and he like came out and he was like way down the Sendero and he kind of like came th- and the sun was rising behind him. Mm. And so I freaking got B-roll of him like coming and like turning. And he was like, it was pre-rut. He was kind of like zigging, zigzagging out. And then um, we ended up hunting him, I think, three times and never saw him at all. Kind of figured maybe we had got busted. And then ended up going back in. And actually I had this... I had this feeling that, um, like where, where we saw the buck, I had a feeling like if he was betting there, I had a feeling that we were like pretty much driving past him and that when we would park and then walk into our spot, I, I just felt like he would, he, he knew you're bumping we, him. Yeah. Over. He knew we were walking in. So I kind of said that, that last day I said, can we just get a drop? So my, my buddy just came in, went there, gave us the drop, and then just kept going like an oil truck, right? Mm-hmm. And, dude, it was like a whole different planet. I mean, I couldn't, because I had hunted there for four times. So I'm like, all right, well, I kind of know what to expect, you know? And, dude, it was like freaking, when they heard, as soon as that vehicle got out of, out of sound, and, and like when, when we got out, we kind of got out while it was still running. And I said, just kind of like drive a circle right there and then just keep going. It'll give us time to like get yeah. into our spot. And dude, the, the animals were like a hundred times different than what they were before. And then he comes out and he comes out and the, and the sun was just coming up. And I'm like, I said, I kind of just said milk, you know, milk the footage. Yeah. And he like came around he was out there at like 50 yards but i'm like i'm just gonna let him get like close and i was watching the screen and i was kind of enjoying the screen more than the buck um but dude never even looked that it wasn't recording and i mean i'm talking he like filmed him come in and then he he ended up like 
he was like following a doe. Then he like chases doe off. Then he like bumped this little buck off. Then he comes back in, stops. He's quartering away, looking away. And I drew back and I'm, and I, I had the back strap and I remember I drew back and I had my finger off the trigger and I look over at the screen and I mean, I just see him like zooming in and then stops like cameras, like top of the horns, bottom of the hooves. And I freaking just took my safety off and just started pulling. I'm like, pull, 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 pull. And that shot broke. And like everything just like slowed down, like the matrix, just like, mm-hmm. and, and that arrow just like, just right through the dead center of the heart. And the buck went like 40 yards and freaking flopped and dead. And I'm like, yeah, dude, you know, we're so pumped. And I like talk after the shot and everything. And then, you know, and I'm like, all right, cool. And he like looks at me and he goes, I don't think I was recording. Yeah. <laughs> I go, what? Yep. And I, and I like flipped it back and I could see there was nothing on there from that morning. Cause it was the first deer we saw that morning. Yeah. And I just said, all right, that was for us. You know, I, I was just, about to say footage or it didn't happen. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, that's for us. And I just said, I'll, I don't know. I'll film, I'll film the recovery and just tell everybody that we got to hit record. <laughs> there was a time where I would have freaking through my bow sideways. Yeah. Yeah. Well, th- it was, it was cool too on that Colorado bull that we killed. You know, the first thing you said, we didn't even, we didn't do the recovery first things first because you're like, yeah, let's all just go enjoy this for a well, minute. That's, that's me all the time. Really? Yeah. I mean, unless, unless we're kind of curious, but that brings up a pretty cool point. I mean, I'll let you tell that story, but to me that still really matters, you know? Yeah. Well, for sure. Well, I think it was, I think it mattered. I mean, we worked our butt off for a lot of them over the years, but to me, that one kind of stood out to me because, you know, you made it a point to where, I mean, we've been up on animals many times and just kind of enjoyed them, you know, first things first. But that was the first time I remember you like actually saying like, dude, we're not even going to film this. We're just going to go enjoy this bull for a minute that we worked our butts off for. And then we'll worry about filming in a minute, Yeah, you know, and just kind of ride that high for a little bit because we had been pretty low up until that point. I mean, you're in the elk woods, you're not low, but like we we were just kind of worn down and and tired. I know I was for sure. Um, But it was just like that, that minute that all that went down made all that worth it. And, and to get to be there and be over your shoulder for most of the time and then like capture it. And that's what I have that said to me a lot. It's like, you know, you know, people know what I do for a living in, in film hunts and get to be outdoors and stuff, but they're like, how do you deal with not being the guy with a bow in your hand? I'm like, dude, I was as much of a part of that hunt yeah. as anybody. I was like, I killed him with a camera. Doug killed him with a bow. Yeah. I was like, what we both did was equally hard. Yeah. I was like, and I, you know, I get the benefits of all these hunts. I'm not having to pay to be on those hunts. I'm getting paid to be there. <laughs> and I don't have the taxidermy. And it. I don't have the taxidermy bill at the end either. Yeah. But I have the video that lives on forever. You know, I can, you know, and just, you know, I tell these stories to people. I'm like, hey, well, I got a video, you wanna see it. You know, and um and it's it's hard for me and, and just a lot of guys think that they just couldn't give the bow up or they couldn't give the gun up. And it's like yeah. Well, I don't give it up. I mean, I still hunt for myself. I mean, I still love it or I wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there's, and, and Ryer said it the best, I'm not going to steal your line, Ryer. I still love you. 
that camera has became a passport to all the cool stuff to do. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that camera has taken me to places I've gotten to hunt with you and some of the best elk country in the world. I've got to hunt with Lee and Tiffany. I've got to hunt Fox release farm in Georgia. Like I've gotten to go and, and, and experience stuff that very few people will ever, ever get to see. They'll yeah. get to see it on camera, but I got to run around there. I got to see it firsthand, you know, and, and get to in the people I've gotten to meet, you know, you and Rogan and Foxworthy and, you know, country music artists, you know, Chris Jansen, all these cool people that I've yeah. got to share camps with. Like you can't put a price on that stuff, you know, yeah. does it get frustrating at times and does it, you get tired and you know, there are early mornings and late nights, hundred percent, but you know, I could be digging a ditch somewhere or sitting behind a computer, you know, you know, crunching numbers all day. That's not me. That's not what I want to do. Yeah. Um, so there's, there's so much more inherent value than just being the guy that got to send the arrow or send the bullet. You know, it's like, that's cool. And I'd still enjoy doing that. And I still try and set aside, set aside time every year to do that. Yeah. But to me, the experiences and the people that I've met along the way, they far outweigh any animal I could have shot, you know? And that's what's, that's what I, that's why I keep doing it. Yeah. The memories are what stays. And that's honestly, that's a big part of why I want to go back. I want to build a new one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that bull, we, we worked, we, we had to put in a lot of effort in to like be in that vicinity and the elk did something different every day, Yeah, but we had to do a lot of work to get to where they were. And then we would make our best guess with like how to make the play and then elk or elk. Yeah. I mean, we had them that one night for sure. Yeah. Just ran out of daylight, yeah. you know. But that's like part of it, you know. Some some days they all of a sudden they're moving. You know, you're a little late because they didn't move to last light, so you're kind of dilly dallying. And you freaking get close and you hear them all fired up. And you're like, they've already moved. Then the next night you get there super early, and we end up just freaking sitting there like laying on the ground for an extra two hours yeah. before we even think about moving. But then we had other. I mean, I say opportunities. We had other bulls that we, you know, we would have shot that the stars didn't align, you know, Mm -hmm. it was either, you know, there's a tree in the way or they got downwind of us or they wouldn't stop because they were chasing a cow. You know, we, we were, we were in them and we were Mm -hmm. freaking after them every day, but that was just the one that made the one mistake that we didn't make. You know, I mean, we like, you know, of course we made mistakes. You're all going to, everybody's going to make mistakes doing elk hunt, you know, doing an elk hunt, but you know, it's, it was, that was what made it that much sweeter. And I look, and I look back at some of the other hunts that I've done with you and other people, you know, that one really sticks out because that one was, that one was, it was fun. And what made it fun was, you know, once it all came together, but leading up to that, it was work, you know, it was, you got to be in elk country and you got to, you know, hear elk bugle and see some absolute, I mean, that place that we hunted was absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. But, um, and I look back at some, you know, the, the worst trip I've ever been on was in Alaska on a brown bear hunt where we killed a brown bear the fifth day, but we were there for another one. And we were ended up being there for 13 days. You're supposed to be there for 11 and just the weather was horrible. Alaska. Yeah. yeah. It was just like it rained sideways every day, you know, had to be couldn't in chest, get plane in. couldn't get a plane in. And yeah. it was like, I told, called my wife on the sat phone, like on the 12th day. I'm like, I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to die here. Like, <laughs> I'm never coming back. And it, and it was just a, it, it wasn't, it, I'm done. Yeah, it wasn't a physical like thing, but it was just a mental, like trying to stay in it mm-hmm. every day and like trying to, you know, continue to be creative, can try and get dialogue and, you know, 
watch over your shoulder, make sure you're not going to get eaten by a bear, you know, all those things. But like that trip was just a mental, like other Colorado's probably number two. That one's number one because it wasn't a physical thing. It was just like me trying to keep myself sane and like, I want to get the hell out of this place. Yeah. I don't know why, like those times of being like when nothing's happened, you feel like most people are ready to jump off a bridge for that. I actually, I'm like totally fine in those moments. It's like when there's too many people around me is when I want to jump off a bridge. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if you said like, Hey, uh, we're doing this hunt, there's some like really dope stuff here, but you know, you have to just sit in this tree for 14 hours and you won't see anything until the one comes, but you will have one shot in the next week. I'd just be like, sweet. Yeah. Down with that. You know, and if I just sat there and like there weren't even any birds or anything, I'd just be like, okay, that's cool. Yeah. Because I could kind of get my mindset around that. But like if someone said like, hey, me and my buddy want to tag along with you and Caleb, like (laughs) if that happened more than one time, dude, I'd be calling Sharon being like, I'm going to shoot myself in the face here. So (laughs) I love you. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. I'm more of a. I don't know. I, I, as much as all those bigger camps are like fun and they're cool and, and in the industry, there's a lot of like places that kind of have gatherings that way. It's just not really my thing. Yeah. You are, you are an outlier from all the people that I've been with. You, you're just, you keep to yourself. You've got your close friends, you know, you do your thing, which is why I enjoy being around you, you know, you know, but you surround yourself with people that are, that make you better. Yeah. Um, which is what I try and do. And, you know, people that I can learn from people that can, um, you know, you know, be more than, you know, I mean, I client technically clients, but you know, friends Mm -hmm. that I can, uh, you know, you know, people ask me all the time, like, you know, you would, you know, you work with Dudley. I'm like, I said, yeah, but like me and Dudley are friends. Like I could Mm -hmm. call Dudley right now if I need, had a question and he would answer the phone. Yeah. You know, I could like Chuck and Lee and Tiff and like, I, you know, I, consider these people friends. Yeah. Um, it's, it's so much more than just working together. You know, it's, it's, uh, but that's, that's why I think we've, or I've been remotely successful is just because I answer the phone. I know I surround myself with good people. I do the little things. If I say I'm going to be there, I'll be there. I'm on time. I, you know, do all the little things, right. I'm not the best shooter, not the best producer, but I'm going to be there. I'll, you know, do what I say I'm going to do and try my best. You know, it's kind of all you can ask for. You definitely do that. I feel like you have the best work ethic of, of any media person I've, I've ever known. Well, I appreciate that. And I mean, there's some good ones, but I've, you're kind of part of a code that I don't think exists anymore right now with a lot of the freelancers because you were, and honestly, the way you do it is the way that I saw media people being trained because like the first, the first camera person I ever had around me, uh, went by the name Mississippi. Did you ever know Mississippi? I don't think so. I think people like your era or older, like Mark will know, Mark would know Mississippi, but he was like a Mossy Oak film guy from Mississippi and just an awesome camera guy, but like he would go out and get content, content all day. And then when you came back, which is, which is kind of what's hard for me because it's also a time where like 
there's, you know, people are like saying, what'd you see today? And like all that kind of fun stuff's happening. And maybe, you know, you get to have a, a drink or whatever. You're always coming back, dumping footage, like footage being dumped right then, like while it's fresh on your mind, footage is being dumped, photos are being dumped. And then, you know, you might come out, grab some food, stuff like that. Make sure there's nothing like no moments you need to, to get. Mm-hmm. And then you're right back in, like working on what, kind of completing what that day was. And then, you know, I'll like come in to go to bed and then, you you know, you'll say, turn your airdrop on and then I'll kind of get the cherries for the day. Yeah. And that's freaking like, that's straight discipline of doing your job, but like following through the whole way rather than going, creating cool content, which I, you know, I'm, I was there. I'm like, okay, there's some cool stuff. Like, yeah. I remember that picture. It's going to be badass. I want to see it. Yeah. Like waiting two months before you like get to see that stuff. Yeah. It kind of just like, it kind of kills the moment. So yeah. I, I love the fact that, you know, you're like there in that moment, you know, with me like yeah. today, um, this year, I really liked, uh, I, I don't know why, but I really liked um, that cow elk hunt when, really? when we set up on that water hole. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, I I feel like it's so hard to shoot a freaking cow. Like, that's the that's first a, cow I've ever shot. It's the first cow I've ever seen shot. Is it really? Yeah. Yeah, it was the first cow I've ever shot. And, and we, like, patterned a cow. We patterned cows. <laughs> you know, we literally, like patterned freaking cows and and uh i was scouting for turkeys in that particular spot <laughs> and they, they came in too they came in too but just to see that freaking perfect shot yeah you know and boil out of that water yeah boil out of the water you then, told me you're like dude i've always wanted to shoot something in the water <laughs> yeah. like can we try and do that i'm like let's try it yeah i'm, I'm like listen i want something in the middle of that pond and she was she the was. whole the whole harem mm-hmm. came, came to the middle of the pond and i'm like well the worst part was we watched them come for so long <laughs> oh, yeah, you're like don't move just sit still they're gonna come sit still yeah and they did they i mean we watched them come from how far away was that 500 yards 600 yards yeah when there's just walking down that drainage and they come right to the water when there's like eight cows and calves just freaking stopping at 500 like when they can first see the water for the first time and they're just like staring a death hole through you yeah and of course i'm just like shut up don't move <laughs> do not i want you're moving yeah i'll kill you yeah well you see i've see that is one thing i tell people when they ask me about you they're like well how's dudley i'm like he is the most laid back, like just goofy dude you've ever met, but he can flip that switch so fast to like, I'll cut your throat if you move. <laughs> like, like you, but you can, like yeah. you're just like this most of the time. And until it's that time, like you'll be on a hunt and you'll be like messing around with somebody and an elk will be bugling and you'll be like, shut up. We got to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Something, di- something weird happens. Yeah, you have, but you have no, there's no time in between. You yeah. can turn it on and you can turn it yeah. off real quick. Yeah. My eyes just go red. And then it, like, as soon as, I don't know, 
it's like the freaking gate opens and I like can see my target and then everything else is just permanently on pause. But how, how boring would our sits, our 14 hour sits been in that antelope blind if you were that serious all the time? That would have really sucked and I wouldn't have enjoyed them at Dude, all. Well, listen, without saying any names, there's several people <laughs> you've worked for where I'm like, I would have taken a freaking handgun with me <laughs> to sit with them for freaking five days. Oh yeah. Well, it, there's, and then there's Chuck. Well, he's a you and Chuck. I'm telling you, I, I you couldn't go with both of y'all on the same trip. I don't know. I don't know if we. I don't know if the world could take it. First of all, <laughs> but um, there's just people take themselves so seriously, you know. And I understand there's definitely a time to be serious. I understand that. Yep. But like we it's all like sixty seconds. <laughs> yeah, but we all but we all got into started hunting and and going outdoors because it was fun. Yeah. You know, if you can't have a good time while you're doing it. You know, there's times that we've been very frustrated. Mm-hmm. You know, that I remember that one time in Montana, we're walking out in the dark and that, bu- that, that bull we've been chasing all day literally bugles right behind us in the dark. And you just turned around and just gave him a death stare. Like, <laughs> you son of a gun. <laughs> you know, we've been chasing your butt all day and now it's dark and you're going to just, you're going to tease us as we're leaving. Was that last year's? I think so. It was last year. last year we put on a buttload of yeah. miles at the end. Yeah, that one like... And our second trip back yeah. too, to Montana. Yeah, we we went go. back because I'm like, dude... <laughs> we're not going to close this book. Let's go back. Yeah. Well, that was the day that we had gotten behind him for like the second or third time. And we literally chased him down like three or four of those drainages and it gotten too dark again. Well, you know, one of those times where it got too dark and like literally we're walking to wherever we had parked 14 miles away. <laughs> and, uh, he just, I mean, he's 300 yards behind us and just, <laughs> and you just stopped them on the road. You're like, you son of a gun. I'll never forget it. Yeah. Well, I think, I think the more people get out and do these adventures, it just, man, one, it solidifies friendships. I've, I know a lot of people that, um, that I've like kind of mentored getting into this and did some hunts with them and stuff like that. And then through those hunts, they met other people. And then now I don't really see them hardly at all. I'm not like, I'm not the cool friend anymore. Now (laughs) it's like these people have become super tight and super like connected Yeah, and they jive and their personalities are like good, which honestly is kind of nice for me because I'm kind of back to like, oh, it's September. I'm going to be with Caleb or freaking Andy, you know, like Mm -hmm. that, that, that's it. And then, you know, another time of the year I'm, I'm like, okay, I got, probably two or three other people that I'll hang out with on multiple hunts. Otherwise I might see Jock on a hunt. I might see Joe on a hunt, Mm -hmm. but I've got like, you know, I've got like Tony and Wes I'll see. Um, and then I've got like you and Andy that pretty much are going to be my constants. Yeah. You know, and Sharon, if she, you know, if she says, Hey, I feel like going hunting. I'm just like, "Er, stop everything, (laughs) you know, phone on airplane mode. Yeah. Let's get Sharon out right now. Yeah. Thing. Yeah, it's been fun though. It's been heck. This is going on our be our fifth season this year. Everything goes well, and well, it's already going well. I mean, we just we just uh, just so everyone out there knows, I'm I've been very very uh, focused on bringing like a, a kind of a batch of material together that's just a little bit deeper dive into things that we've done in the past. So I'm just kind of just like if I go and I coach a team, 
that where I'm not coaching for two days or three days, there's times where I go and I've, you know, I've had to coach three weeks solid. So you kind of start showing this, then you start showing that, then you show them a little bit more. And then, then after they're doing those things, right, then you go back and you like put a magnifying glass on that first subject and you expand it bigger. And then you like go more in depth into it. So that's really what we've been doing. And, uh, you know, I kind of wanted to build a new personal space so that I'm not, so that I'm not having to go to so many different locations to like do what I do in a day. So I built myself a, you know, a bojo, 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 where I can have, you know, my archery, my gym, and my ability for outdoors, my ability to write or have an office, and then my ability for R and R, which right now is guitars. So I've got like everything in in one space, so I can just work on bows, fiddle around on a guitar, and suck, and then. Uh, put some good music on and work out for a while. And then, you know, while I'm resting for workout, suck some more on a guitar or, you know, go over and keep working on a bow or something that we're bringing forward. But, you know, with that came just a lot of material and, and Rogan always takes the winter to like start new material and stuff. Mm -hmm. And, and his friends know it too, because he comes a little bit, becomes a little bit more distant. Right. Cause he's like, he's, focus on other things. When he was in LA, he definitely had more specific times a year where he spent a lot of time at the, at the comedy store, Yeah, you know, and you could tell when, like when that was his schedule, but then there, but then also there comes a time where he becomes like that for hunting. So like all of his comedian friends are like, Oh, Joe's out freaking in camo mm-hmm. running around the woods for the next couple months. So I kind of did that. I just started focusing on like getting my head straight on what new information do I want to put out there. And then, and then I started like, for whatever reason, as I was doing that, I was kind of going back through old stuff to look and like kind of where I left off. And then as I do that, you know, you start seeing things pop up about, the same subject. And then I start realizing like how many people are regurging some of that stuff and some of it wasn't great. Um, and so I kind of just thought, yeah, all right, I need to put a new bar up. I think, so I think if that's I, what we've been doing, I think if we my, put a new bar up, I think if my number's right, I think we've done like close to 25 videos in the last four days that, that will probably come out at different times, but um, I think we've done a bunch. We did 10% of what I have. <laughs> I know you told me on the phone like a month ago, you're like, I got like 150 videos I want to do. I'm like, Jesus Christ, how long yeah. is this going to take to do? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm like in the, in the zone, which is why like, I'm not as active semi live on my social media right now. Like I'm not showing my cooking and all that stuff every night. Cause I'm just really like writing material and, and I'm, I've kind of invited people to coach that I know will help me along on some of these topics so that I'm, I have better delivery and I don't know, I feel pretty good about it. Cause like, was there only one of those videos where I actually stopped and did a second take? Yeah. Only uh, one or two. Yeah. Two at the most. Yeah. So, I mean, one hit one, like, you know, one take wonders with no cuts Yeah, is, uh, 
it means it means I'm doing what I want to do. And right now I want to like this year I want to teach. Yeah, you didn't get frustrated one time. Damn it. You didn't. You were in everything was great. I know we've done it in the past and you have some trouble getting some words on your like, come on, come on, give me a minute. Go <laughs> on. You know, but not one time this time. Didn't didn't stutter hardly at all. Not even Well, not. today I did on uh I was trying to say mediocre, but I, uh, <laughs> you but said I mediocre. Had, yeah, mediocre, mediocre. And then I just looked at you like, what's this word I'm supposed to say? And you're like, mediocre. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> insert mediocre. <laughs> yeah, that was today. Well, cool, dude. We better bail. We went over our allotted time so that we could film one last thing. So yep. we'll have to skip that and just get you out of this frozen tundra we call <sighs> Iowa. Got to go to a wedding. Yeah, that really talk about sucks. It. I don't want to talk about that it. That really sucks. It does. Well, hopefully this podcast gets out and all of you listening and watching, thank you for being with another Knock On podcast. And yeah, I'm kind of coming out of my um, my hibernation. I was about to say coming out of hibernation yeah. is exactly what I was yeah. about to say. I'm coming out, so uh, be ready. If you've been wondering, you know, why I'm not as active, well, I am. There's some really cool stuff coming to the store, too. Uh, if you want to support all the free stuff, it's not free to me, by the way. Caleb's freaking expensive. And, <laughs> you know, we just, I spent a month of my life prepping all this material that you're going to soon be getting for free. So if you want to support that, go to the Knock on Archery store and get something that'll help your game. Yep. That's how you support us. Absolutely. And uh, thank you for coming, dude. It thank was you. awesome. Appreciate it. And see Sharon you again. And I love you. Heck yeah. See you again soon, I hope. <laughs> you will. Yes. Knock on, everybody. Be sure to check out knockonarchery.com for our full line of custom designed products as well as free in-depth education and bow hunting entertainment to help you shoot at your best.